0: Welcome to the British English Podcast, the show all about British culture and British English. And today we have an American back on the show. We have Shana from the American English Podcast and we're going to be talking about going to places that only our dreams could imagine, hopefully. I did an episode with Harry on this a few episodes back called Off the Beaten Track and we're going to be doing the same kind of episode, but this time with an American. See where an American would like to go and, uh, and yeah, see what language comes out of it as well. So, welcome, Shana. And how are you doing today?
1: Thanks so much for having me, Charlie. I'm doing really, really well. Actually, I have been anticipating this day for a long time, not talking to you no offense (laughs) my daughter (laughs) no I'm very excited to talk to you I'm just kidding but my daughter had her first day of preschool today and we were on the wait list (gasps) for one full year and she had a wonderful day the teacher was so excited that she was so ready and making friends and I I'm just in shock (laughs) yeah
0: Oh, yes. wonderful. So preschool, uh, I think British people would say nursery or reception, but I'm not sure which one you mean. Mm. What age She's is two she? and a half. How old is she? Right. Okay. So nursery
1: for yeah. us. Yeah, so we could call it I mean actually accidentally called it a daycare to the woman who's in charge and she said no we have credentials uh we are a preschool and so it kind (laughs) of gives the impression that they're going to be teaching and reading and being involved in the development of the children so that was sort of the little difference I saw there
0: (laughs) so so we could say you put your foot in your mouth by saying yeah
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I have a little bit of foot and mouth disease. That's something my husband <laughs> mentions to me on occasion. So, yes.
0: <laughs> I've never heard that joke before. That that is that that disease that went around the UK 20 years ago, I think. Foot and mouth disease, isn't it? For for farm animals. I I
1: yeah? you know what? I think Possibly, but in in American English, it's also an expression for someone who constantly says the wrong thing in the wrong place and time. So that's something, for example, my dad has. Like if you know someone's cross-eyed, he might mention something about a start telling a joke about a cross-eyed judge, and you go, Oh God, no, don't go in that direction. Don't do this, and and he and he says it. So we'd say he has foot and mouth disease. Yeah.
0: That's that's really good. I love this already straight away. So, yeah, we would say put your foot mm. in your mouth. There are a couple of other uh, idioms um, or put your foot mm. in it. Yeah, put your foot in it. But um, foot and mouth disease was a, a real disease that killed many cattle. It created... Uh, do you know of it? Do you know I, of the disease? I
1: vaguely remember this. I, do, I did a podcast episode on this expression and I don't think I even mentioned the actual disease but what happened exactly
0: this episode comes with a free worksheet over on the website the britishenglishpodcast.com so grab that and you can listen along whilst using it It was just a problem that meant that we had to, unfortunately, kill a lot of animals throughout the whole of the UK because it was spreading like wildfire, this disease. And my family, I know of this, I very clearly know of this because I, I was about 10 or 11 and my parents have sheep, which is a whole nother conversation. But uh, we were very worried about this foot and mouth disease coming to our sheep and, and wow. affecting, uh, infecting them. And then causing them to have to be wow, <laughs> they didn't survive. We Good. survived. Was that also
1: known? Yeah, Sorry, yeah. just a last thing on that. Uh, was that also called mad cow disease? By chance, is are they the same thing? No, those no
0: are that that's okay. a different thing. But yeah, that was another thing that happened, and that is another reason why I can't give blood in Australia. What? <laughs> yeah, how? How, wait, bad how is that? are these
1: connected?
0: Because You're apparently, cow? it's in our blood. <laughs> I'm a mad cow. Yeah. So mad cow disease again is another disease that happened in I think it just not just in the UK but in the UK certainly ha- yes. it happened. Uh, do you know when it happened? I remember
1: my mom was going on a trip to France and it was the big talk of Oh uh, that was definitely over 10 years ago I believe. So but in the 2000s I think if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it happened it happened across the across Europe mm. then. By the sounds of it, right? Possibly. Yeah,
1: we need some research. <laughs>
0: okay, Australia being an island and very far away from the disease, uh, didn't get it, and and I can't give blood because of it. It's interesting. Anyway, so odd. Uh, how do we get onto that? the The significant day, uh, yeah, it's an it's a significant day for you, uh, not just because you're speaking to me, because your daughter went to preschool. That's yes. fantastic. From. Um, mm-hmm. My sister has actually uh, experienced a similar situation, but her daughter is going to actual school now. And uh, she said to me, it's unbelievable, Charlie. It's five days of paid daycare. Like free. I can't believe it. It's so good. good. And I never thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. But you must feel like that as well. I feel your
1: sister for sure. It's, you know, a long time in waiting. I mean, school here is... Paid. I mean, preschool is paid. So it's not, I haven't really felt the full extent of that. But just having someone else be in charge of my child and, you know, know that they're in a good place and teaching and being cared for, it just, it's such a relief to the point, like, I didn't even know what to do today. And I'm sure your sister kind of had that same moment where you go, it's like an early retirement. Like, do I just do I, do I read? Do I, I mean, I have another kid, so I wasn't going to read, but you know, it you have a significant amount of extra time that you didn't have before. So it's, it's nice. That's yeah.
0: true. Yeah. Well, we haven't caught up in a while and I do want to ask you lots of questions about your, your trip mm-hmm. that you've just uh, been on, but let's save it for during the process of going through your, your dream uh, trip away in the game that I like to call off the beaten track. So let's get straight into it and we'll we'll talk about um, all things around it. So the first question off the beaten track, again, is your ideal itinerary for an adventure or a relaxation, whatever you like. And the first question is driving or flying? Driving or flying, how are we getting there? And what are okay. we doing in the way of transport?
1: Uh, do I have to choose driving or flying?
0: You don't have to. No, you don't have to. Well,
1: that's the thing. I just took a long plane flight uh, to Brazil with my daughters, and we were that family that woke up the entire plane in the middle of the night. So flying with a baby (laughs) is not something that I would want to do on a dream trip. I would avoid that at all costs. Uh, Driving, similar thing. We went on a trip recently in California. I thought, road trip, great times, And it was not so wonderful. So I would prefer to go on a high speed train or a Hyperloop if one existed.
0: (laughs) Is a Hyperloop the Elon Musk dream? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about it?
1: Yeah. So a Hyperloop, it was something thought up by Elon Musk and he kind of left it open sourced. So anybody in the world, any team can get together and think up how they can make a Hyperloop happen. So a Hyperloop is actually a mode of transportation that is supposedly faster than a an airplane, faster than a, a high speed trains that you would find in Japan or in Germany. And it functions through what's called magnetic levitation so they use magnets and i guess air flow to kind of make this little pod travel at extremely high speeds and so that i would love to to go on if it existed but uh they just did the first trial run in nevada and it worked so maybe sometime 10 years down the road or so um but yeah so if this is no, I have to know, in this game, am I allowed to choose, like, things that don't exist? <laughs> definitely. 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 Okay.
0: Yeah, you are. I was also going to pull you up on the, uh, the fact that you felt bad for other people in an aeroplane, but you could have a private jet. You could have your own.
1: True. Private jet, though, also is a little bit frightening, I feel. A really small plane traveling long distances. Don't you... Ugh not really my cup of tea okay
0: oh okay fair enough fair enough yeah um but the hyperloop thinking about it i would say the hyperloop is an amazing piece of engineering Mm. but i would use it i would see it as more of an efficient solution to something not as a luxurious uh mode of transport for your Mm. uh, you know dream holiday
1: right well I suppose if you're strapped down in the pod that's moving, that would be a little bit frustrating. But if you could see outside the windows, I mean, I guess if it's above ground, then I think that would be pretty uh, cool, maybe. I don't know if things would be okay. flying by too fast okay. or not. But I'm what I'm thinking about yeah. with this this whole idea of being able to sit down and maybe get up is just being able to move from one place to another without having you know the squirming child screaming in my lap yeah so <laughs> that's
0: that's that's it, the solution is it whatever the mode of transport is as long as you can move your child away from you from time to time that's yes. what you want yes
1: and actually i mean in you have a lot of train i, I- I read Harry Potter. You guys have lots of trains in in England, right?
0: <laughs> oh, we have a train yes. too. Yeah, we do. <laughs>
1: and in the trains, they're nice, right? Luxurious. That you get that sort of, I don't know, comfort and uh, like you're in a nice hotel, but moving, right? I mean, you have those sorts of trains.
0: Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that okay. far. Uh, if you're if you're thinking about the Harry Potter trains, you're not gonna you're not gonna be satisfied if you tran- uh, travel through London mm-hmm. or the south of England too much. It's more of a um, bog standard train. But God. I will say for the listener, the two countries are very different in terms of public transport. You guys don't have a, a train infrastructure like we do like Europe does, really, because you guys rely on on cars, don't you? You've got a much more sophisticated highway system, and you all have your own cars.
1: Right. Right. We have a train system that was built a really long time ago. It doesn't really hit that many places. The United States is just so massive. So, yeah, it's not... I would it's not as nice it takes really a really long time to get from one place to the other if say for example you go on the east coast the Amtrak we call it but um yeah no I I can imagine in Europe I would enjoy going on one of your nicer trains that are used to having more I guess customers it's not customers what would you call it passengers (laughs) god passengers Passengers. there we go oh yeah. Just, I mean, in the those cars where you can yeah. sit down and have a cup of coffee, relax a little bit, you know, that, I think that sort of environment would That's be true. nice. Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh yeah. Germany. Germany has very, that, they have that. Yeah. They have nice, ex, a nice experience on the train. Mm. It's sometimes double decker, nice seats and it's very stable yes. and, and speedy. Yes. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Okay, so okay. high speed train. I'm going to go with so we- high speed train. Not necessarily, okay. not necessarily the Hyperloop. Too risky, I think, right now. So I'll go with the high speed train as my final answer, Charlie. <laughs>
0: yeah, you don't want to be the, the the guinea pig. <laughs> Thank you for that. You don't want to be a guinea pig, no. do you? Um, you you guys use guinea pig as the person that, st- that is trying it. Yes, don't you?
1: yes, we do. Hmm.
0: Okay, so you're you're taking the train. Nice. We're just going to take a break right now to tell you how this episode is being supported. So a company called BetterHelp reached out to me as a sponsor, and I'm really happy to be able to tell you about them as they offer you access to licensed and experienced psychologists and counsellors, making professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient. My mother is a counsellor. I read psychology at university and then trained in mindfulness-based therapies after that. And so I am a huge advocate of talking therapies and raising awareness of the importance of looking after our mental health. And I also really want to encourage you as a non-native English speaker to consider killing two birds with one stone, meaning accomplishing two things at once. Continue to practice your English whilst working with some of the best online English speaking therapists out there to improve your mental health. Because gone are the days where therapy was considered taboo. We're living in an age now where I believe it is considered responsible of us and shows we have emotional intelligence to be open enough to develop ourselves and be willing to talk through issues that are holding us back in life. So if you wanted to find a therapist, then BetterHelp is a great option as they will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who can connect with you in a safe and private online environment. It's also super convenient as you can start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours and as it's online, the service is available for clients worldwide. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash BEP. That is B-E-P, British English Podcast. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot slash B-E-P. Okay. So we're back and um, let's get into the second question, which is to travel solo or not to travel solo. That is the second question.
1: Good question. I have done a lot of solo travel. And so I feel like now I'm ready to have some experiences with my family. And so I definitely would choose going with my husband and my two daughters, Julia and Clara.
0: Nice. Okay. Even though... You said that it's you know a bit hard to travel with your yeah.
1: family. Yeah, no, I just got to find the ways to make it easier. That's that's the yeah. that's the goal.
0: <laughs> what would you say? You know, talking emotionally. Why why do you want to share it with your family?
1: Oh, uh, I actually like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What
0: can you explain that?
1: You know, it's funny. Uh, well, the thing is, I I was very fortunate in my past to travel a lot. My husband, he spent most of his 20s working really hard to get where he is. He's a a music producer. And it just it took a lot of time and effort. So he hasn't traveled as much as me. And so it's really exciting to see the look on his face when we go someplace new. It's a different sort of look that I feel like I had maybe when I was 16 or 17 going to places for the first time. Um, My daughter's... I think it's more of seeing how they will react to people and different I mean just every experience is new for them. So if they're trying I don't know say for example we're in Brazil and they're trying some I don't know catfish for the first time it's like I have we haven't had catfish here but it's something new and they they like it it's it just feels like a moment of excitement in my body is kind of a surge of I don't know like I get little I don't even know what it's called, like little uh, jitters or something. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's very yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. a nice feeling.
0: Magical, much deeper than s- traveling solo, but important to have that part before to be able to then show right. them. Yeah, that that must be yeah. really nice. A deeper deeper understanding of of what it is yeah. to
1: travel.
0: Have you this, have you done it. a
1: bit of solo traveling?
0: Yeah. 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 I've done a lot of that. I haven't for, for the last two years, we've been locked into Australia, locked in Sydney, really, pretty much. We've, we've explored a little bit, but yeah, this is the least amount of traveling we've done in the last 10 years. Wow. I remember, uh, I apologize for everyone who's upset by carbon footprint, but um, I remember Stacey counted with work. She once did 50 flights in one year. Whoa. She was Going all over the place with work i i was also going to different places but um i don't think i have wow. that count of 50
1: flights. Did you, so i'm guessing you didn't go with her on those flights yeah.
0: i went to i went to some places yeah and wh- one of the places she promised me um a really nice accommodation in copenhagen wow. and because she was getting really nice um you know, big hotel rooms with massive king size beds. What what and then that that one What does she
1: do? Sorry. Sorry, Sorry to interrupt you.
0: oh she's a Yeah, yeah. She's a, a princess. No, she's a graphic, <laughs> graphic designer.
1: Very important graphic designer apparently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she worked for uh Puma or Puma, as the Germans okay. would say, uh for a couple of years. And then before that, Abercrombie and Fitch. So she was in the apparel or the fashion design industry. And they would go to lots of other countries for inspiration trips and uh, to see the factories and stuff. Yeah, Copenhagen was a a fashion, it was the fashion week. And she said, yeah, come, I've got an accommodation for you. You don't have to pay for anything, just get the flight. I got over there and and then she signed in and it was a a single bed and there was barely any room, even on the floor, because it was like a really... Boutique, uh, boutique, quirky hotel. Oh. So it wasn't the dream that I had imagined. But yeah, fun. occasionally went with half the places. Really yeah. good.
1: It's nice to have those experiences yeah, yeah. too.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I look forward to being a family man and, and sharing that love. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, you're traveling with your family. Nice. Um, third question. Yes. Are you ready for it? All right. Resort or road trip?
1: Mm, so road trip, I'm thinking if you go on a road trip, you're sort of rough in it right you're like don't i mean you could go on a road trip and stay in resorts al- in resorts along the way right
0: you you can yeah you can you can pick and choose really um the the question is just to see your reaction to the word resort a lot of people have an a, a assumption about resort I've holidays i've
1: never been to a resort i don't think oh, so really? and you know what actually probably bef- up until the point i had kids I was that tor- sort of person that you would see with a backpack on and traveling like Europe with no clothes and like hippie style so like like Sorry, no no, no clothes, clothes in my backpack like just like the same like with the <laughs> clothes on my back like wearing them every day and stinky so I was that type of person so, honestly um I think a uh, resort even though I'm sure some people would think oh that's pretentious or that's you know ooh, like that's a Everybody, you know, is they're they're serving you too much. I don't know what's what's your impression of the word resort? Like, because you gave off like an impression, like the um, idea that people judge that word. <laughs>
0: I'm just going to interrupt this episode by telling you about an ebook and audiobook that Harry and I have done for anyone preparing for the IELTS exam. But this isn't just any old ebook slash audiobook. It is a highly intelligent and incredibly thorough one. You see, we noticed how many of our exam preparation students were stressing themselves out over studying long lists of idioms and phrasal verbs before exam day came, and then they didn't even get a chance to use 10% of what they had learned in the exam. And after studying the marking criteria and really thinking about how often our students should be using idiomatic language in the exam, we took a step back and thought... If the examiner is only really wanting to hear a handful of idioms in the learner's answers, as any more would in fact be unnatural or overkill, meaning too much. If we curated a very short list of idioms that could be used to answer pretty much any IELTS question, well, that way the the student is able to go into the exam with these select idioms ready to use in whatever question that comes up. And you know what? It's really working. I won't go on about it anymore now, but if you did want to get your hands on these 10 idioms that Harry and I have curated specifically for anyone preparing for an English exam like the IELTS test, arm yourself with these 10 phrases that can be used in so many ways really easily and be given an incredibly thorough teaching process for each one to ensure you not only remember the phrase, but you know exactly how to use them like a native would, then hey, today is your lucky day because we are giving it away for free. And all you need to do is find it in the show notes of this episode, head over to the com and find it in the homepage, or just like the free worksheet for this episode, go to com forward slash freebies that is f-r-e-e-b-i-e-s okay enough about the ebook and audiobook but hope you like it and let's get back to this week's episode yeah i think uh, british travelers would assume that somebody who goes on a resort kind of holiday is somebody who just wants to sit and sunbathe and drink alcohol in a half or full board hotel. So half board, like Uh you get breakfast and maybe another meal paid for Mm -hmm. in the bar and you can just order what you want and and loads of drinks and full board would be the extreme of that. So you get everything paid for. And, And a lot of people have that like, as an ideal they they think okay i'm gonna wait and then do two weeks in ibiza or in the south of spain and i'm just gonna sit in one place Mm. and drink as much as i can and eat as much as i can and and people like yourself who like to travel would probably look down on that and think where's your sense of adventure
1: Mm. i think i would like to hop from one resort to another (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just um having not done it before I I I like to go out and do things that are off the beaten path and just getting to know places that you know locals go to and not having that tr- experience that all tourists will have if they go to a location I don't like that but at the same time just given where I am in life I'm feeling like a resort someone catering to me and delivering food to my Table sitting right next to me sounds pretty, pretty nice. Like I wouldn't mind a cocktail, yeah, you know, being delivered right now to my to my table. That would be kind of nice. I don't know.
0: I th- I think it's different once you're a, a family. Yeah. yeah. As a single person, it might be a bit strange to design, not strange, Mm -hmm. but just if you're an adventurer, Mm -hmm. you would find that hard to to believe just to sit down. But as a mum, I can imagine, yeah, all you want to do is just put your feet up and have someone bring you a pina colada.
1: Although I have to admit, the idea of a cruise would still bug me a little bit. Like being on a boat for a very long period of time and not being able to make decisions for myself at a moment's notice that I want to go and explore someplace. And being out in the ocean, because it's just a lot of the same, <laughs> I think that would be problematic. Mm. What about you? Like, do you, would you be interested in going cru- on cruises again, or?
0: Again, only, only my opinion could be wrong, but I feel like you guys have a lot more cruise holidays. Mm-hmm. We still have them, of course, but I think we, we have that resort idea. Are you saying that resort holidays aren't as popular? <gasps> Maybe that's the replacement. You you go on cruises, we go on resort Possib- trips.
1: Resort possibly. Holidays. I'm thinking that we do have a lot of resorts that we go to in Mexico. Like in, you hear a lot of Americans that go to okay. Cancun and Pu- Puerto Vallarta. You can pronounce that better than me uh, with your Spanish lessons. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, but in the United States, it's not as common, I don't think.
0: So cruise ships. um yeah, I I actually do want to go on one because I've never been mm-hmm. on one. So I I I want to try it, but there is a stereotype attached to it. I think the same as you as it's a little bit like you're being force-fed a tourist mm-hmm. attraction mm-hmm. or a, a touristy mm-hmm. itinerary.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I get you. Yeah. yeah.
0: So before we go on to the next question, are there any adventures that you've been on that you'd like to include in this? Because we haven't actually got any tangible, like real examples of what what this trip is. I know how you're getting there, mm-hmm. but I, I can't imagine where you're going
1: yet. Okay. So I have two places in mind where I'd want to go and uh, where I've been. Oh, I've been in a lot of, to a lot of places before. So just to give an idea of where I've I've lived in Germany for two years, and also I did an intensive French program in France for three months. I lived in Spain for a year and wow. in Spain for one year, um right along the um Santiago de Compostela. so i did I started that pilgrimage, which I heard in in harry's podcast. you mm. you talked about the same thing. I was one of <laughs> you guys were making fun of people on along that path. It is very. It's becoming more touristy. I get that. But for me, you know what? (laughs) Yeah, I put you on the spot. I did that. I wasn't doing such
0: a (laughs) thing. Yeah, you did. No, I I wasn't taking the piss. I was just observing that I was going at a faster speed than the walkers. Nothing more. Did you
1: do it all the way to Compostela?
0: No, I I was doing a different route. I was just uh, going from France down to Pamplona on a bicycle.
1: Ah, That's a very nice... That's a very nice. I did that walk from there. The I forget Saint Jean Pierre de Port, something like that, to the to Pamplona. Also, I I did that part of the walk. So you maybe maybe passed right by. <laughs>
0: wow, respect. That's a lot of miles.
1: No, well, that that actually is only I think three or four days. That up till that point, um, I kept going, and oh. I I lived in Lagrono which is like uh, La Rioja, Spanish wine country, and so actually it's along mm-hmm. the route. And so I used to see all of the people walking through it on a regular basis. And this is when I was teaching English in that area of Spain. And I realized, like, I need to do this. Like, if I'm right here, right in this location, I – so I booked uh, a trip on a moment's notice and ended up in the mountains, very cold, with my little backpack. Like I mentioned, like, no clothes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like no, no, like absolutely nothing. Not prepared. Wearing like Chuck Taylors on my feet and ready. I uh, yeah. question
0: what are Chuck Taylors?
1: Uh like those All Star shoes, you know. With
0: ah, we call them
1: just Chucks. Is Chucks? Chuck,
0: is, is that a person? I'm terrible with it. Oh, I don't know. why do you? Call oh,
1: that? wait, no the the shoes. Do you know the shoes? The really popular brand of shoes. I know the
0: the All Star. Oh, yeah, All Star. I know yeah. the nuzzles con no converse they're converse Converse? yeah
1: but we call them chuck taylor's i don't i have no idea why why. i have no idea oh okay that is an incredible question i never asked that we just call them chucks oh my gosh
0: oh brilliant i will
1: look that up that's that's
0: quite a nice name (laughs) very american though chucks have you got your chucks
1: oh my gosh
0: (laughs) chuck your chucks in your truck um (laughs) Women's classic chucks. Okay. Maybe I'm just an idiot and I don't know... I don't listen to my girlfriend who's in fashion or was in fashion. And maybe British people do call them chucks, but I think we just call them converse. Yeah,
1: converse is what they're technically called. Con-
0: high, high tops. Okay. Converse high tops. All right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so you got your, your chucks on...
1: In the Pyrenees, up in the at the top of the mountains and, you know, arrived there. It was foggy out and... I was by myself and not prepared and sleeping on a little mattress in the middle of the night like practically crying because I was so cold and just this is just you know a little <laughs> image of kind of the rest the rest of my time along that path because I was just not prepared. And I realized, you know, you if you don't have the right <laughs> backpack, you just will not be able to fit stuff in a regular backpack. So you can't really be prepared unless you have a good backpack. So I don't yeah. know.
0: Lesson yeah. Lesson learned. So
1: that's not the place I will be going on my wonderful imaginary trip. I would be going to the – first of all, um, I don't want to, you know, lead the discussion, but I will – I have been to this place in northern Italy. It's called Moran, and it's in the Dolomites in the mountains, and ah. there's this wonderful valley where you can go hiking – In the vineyards, but not just grape vineyards, there's – I didn't even know it's possible for apples to grow on vines, but you can – at a certain time of year, October, I was there, and you can be walking along trails with views of the mountains, cows on all sides, apples growing on all sides, then like off in the distance, some nice castles and churches, and it honestly was – it's the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. So, yes. Wow.
0: That does sound beautiful.
1: (laughs) That's where I would like to go back to as a starting point. Yes.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So, I think that's a good point to leave part one on. You taking your family on a train all the way to the Dolomites with these lovely apples. A vineyard? No, no. Like on vines. These apples on vines.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Delightful.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to continue the conversation in part two and three. We're going to talk about your favourite climates, whether you like it hot or cold, um, what kind of food you're going to explore when you go there, whether you like to stick to your McDonald's or whether you like to explore with all the different cuisines in the world, wherever you are, and what activities you like to get up to. But that is for part two and three. So uh, anybody who is just here for part one, thank you very much for listening. This has been Shana from American English Podcast. She does pretty much exactly the same as I do, but for American English. And uh, to to go and find out more, AmericanEnglishPodcast.com, right?
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. Thanks, Charlie. Yep. That's where to go.
0: Fantastic. Okay. So, thank you very much, Shana. But we will see uh, those that join us for part two and three in a second. So thank Perfect. you. Thanks much. so
1: much for having me today. <laughs> Bye, everyone.
0: That's all from me this week. I hope you have a good seven days ahead of you. My name is Charlie Baxter, and I will see you next time on the British English Podcast.